Good morning, church. Happy New Year. Year. (laughs) Sounds like a limp along broken. Well, it's rare that we actually have um, New Year's on Sunday. And I think the next time it's going to happen is 13 years from now. So if you ever wanted to toot your horn, now's the time. The count of three, let's send it out to people on the internet visiting us online. One, two, three. I'm sure they heard us. All the way from Shrewsbury, Massachusetts. Thank you for joining us online. And thank you guys for being here. Hopefully you had some fun. It was kind of a weird New Year's because it was raining here. Um, How inconvenient. Right, I mean, gosh, are you kidding me? Um, So where are you at in, uh, did y'all, I won't even ask, I'll I'll get depressed if I say how many of you did a New York New Year's and, yeah, never mind. How you doing on your lights at home? Are they cleaned up, wrapped up? Probably not. Some of you are saying maybe yes, maybe no inside, no outside, because it's raining. And so we're like, okay, how do we do this? But typically, this is the time of year, although the stage looks beautiful, it looked amazing at Christmas with all the Christmas trees and the lights on the wreaths, and it was like, super great job, Ron and team. I'll just brag about you guys again. But I don't know about you, but for me, the lights are kind of the key to a festive year. You go down to the harbor, and it's lights everywhere for Christmas. Um, you drive down your neighborhoods, and you know all the houses are lit except that one. You know how you. Um, some even neighborhoods even string them across the top. I went to one neighborhood, and wow, the whole everybody got involved because every house was stringing lights. Super fun. Uh, I put lights in the house, front and back. Um, so lights are a big part of the festivities, celebration. And this can be a time where it's kind of like, you know, you're cleaning them up and now you drive up to your house and it's not as festive. You drive in the neighborhood, it's not as festive. Uh, The corner that had the tree and it was all lit and exciting is now dark and kind of boring. And uh, if we're not careful, it can be a time where it gets a little uh, depressing transitioning. And um, because, you know, Christmas is fun and, and Christmas can be enjoyable. And, but the light piece is a big part of it. But does it have to be? In other words, do we have to pack up the festivities, even though we're packing up the light? Do we, do we have to put away um, the joy, the blessing um, of Christmas, even though we might have to put away the lights? Um, my thought is, and I believe scripture plays this out, we don't have to. I've entitled this morning's message, The Ultimate Christmas Light, and we're going to look at how to brighten up your whole year coming up in 2023, not just this last December, waiting for next December, but actually having this mindset, this perspective, this festivity celebration, brightness to us, if you will, without the lights being out. So, I'm t- I've been, um, we're studying John chapter 8, verses 12 to 20 this morning. 
If you're with us uh, before December, then you know we are studying through the Gospel of John. We took a break in December because we celebrated Advent, so we went down these themes of love and hope and peace and, and joy. But anyway, so we're back. 2023, we're back to the Gospel of John. If you forgot where we were a month ago, let me just remind you, remember Jesus was at the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is a Thanksgiving feast for the Jews. It lasted a week, seven days, and there was lots of things they did um, as part of the celebration. It was called the Feast of Tabernacles, or often the Feast of Booths, because Jews from all around the area would flock into Jerusalem. They would build these little shacks to live in, but these little shacks were actually reminders of when they were uh, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and they had to build temporary housing. So being thankful that God provided for them all the way. And so um, they had a lot of different things they would celebrate. They had little candle parades and um, the course sacrifices were always part of their celebration. They were thanking God for the harvest, for the food and those kind of things. And so at the end of November, basically before we hit, hit into Advent, Jesus was at this feast at this festival, it was wrapping up. And of course, we know the Pharisees and Sadducees were trying to take Jesus out. They had a contract out on his life. He was publicly teaching. He was drawing a crowd in the temple area. And if you remember, they brought a prostitute to him and threw her down and basically tried to corner him on whose law he was gonna obey, the Roman law or the Jewish law on how to deal with a prostitute. Remember, he was riding in the dirt and the accusers just basically left and we talked about what that could or couldn't be. So there's this encounter going on between the Pharisees and Jesus and this is where we're picking it up in today's reading. Text says, in John 8, 12, again, Jesus spoke to them, we're talking the Pharisees he's speaking to now, saying, I am the light of the world. Now, um, this isn't the first time that Jesus is referred to as light in the Gospel of John. If you remember earlier in John chapter one, the Gospel writer said this in John 1, 9, talking about Jesus, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Then he goes on and talks about how John the Baptist wasn't the light. But so this idea of light, this imagery of light is being used to describe who he is. And I think it's, it's, it's kind of important to understand the context of a Jewish perspective of light, an ancient perspective being 2,000 years ago. When we think of light, we think this, we look around. When they think of light, they think candles, right? There's no electricity. Uh, they're basically handing out fire. The Feast of the Tabernacles, they would actually have a light parade where they would light candles and, and they would parade down in and bring those candles into the temple area and there was a huge candelabra and it would be lit and that would be celebrating how God carried them through the wilderness with a pillar of fire or a pillar of light. And so again, God's provision. So their idea of light was good, it was a blessing, it was it represented who God is. The opposite represented who God isn't, which is what? Darkness, and so they had this imagery. So when Jesus presents himself and says, I am the light of the world, that's a, that's a good thing in, in, in the mind of a Jew, okay? Now, they could question his authority to say this, and they will in a second, but that perspective is important because Jesus goes on and says this, Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So whoever follows me, so whoever trusts and obeys me, 
in our culture, who's ever a believer, a Christian, will not walk, so there's this daily thinking, walking every day, will not walk in darkness anymore, will not walk where they can't see, will not uh, be blinded, will not stumble around, will not hurt themselves, all the things you can think of that would be at risk in darkness, but rather have this promise of a bright every day, uh, a perspective every day that's clear, this light of life. So what he's effectively saying, now in our context, it's effectively saying that the, that the celebration of Christmas isn't limited to lights on a tree and lights on a wreath. Because we're not focusing on that, we're not worshiping that, if we're not careful, we can. But if we're not doing that, we're focused on the light of life that continues to shine even though the lights are put away in a box in an attic till next year. And this is where we get our perspective. This is where we start to understand what it means to have a bright all year, have a celebrative all year, how to celebrate Christmas if you want all year. Number one on your outline, keep your eyes on Jesus. When we talk about it, brightening up your whole year, the way to do that is keep your eyes on Jesus because everything else will be packed up and put away and there'll be nothing to look at anymore. And the risk we have, and here's how it goes, we get really focused on Jesus in December. Why? Well, we got trees to remind us. We got wreaths to remind us. We have songs to remind us. We have dishes to remind us. We have presents to remind us. We, we have gatherings of family to remind us. So we're thinking, oh, birth of Christ, celebrating the birth of Christ. Remember the love of Christ, the hope of Christ, the peace of Christ, the joy of Christ, all the things we dealt with. We're lighting candles. We're lighting the Christ candle. We're handling the candles all the way around, right? And, the, and so we got a, a clearly us focus in December on Jesus. Put it all away, the risk is the focus goes away with it, if we're not careful. If our focus is that, and that's the only way we can quote, feel Christmas, or feel the celebration of Christmas, then yeah, you put it away, it goes away. But if it's Jesus, who is arguably the light of the world, can't be put out, and will always shine bright. And the promise in the text is, and you'll walk in the light of life. He gives you that promise. That's why the focus needs to be on the Lord. Otherwise, our celebrations become seasonal. With this perspective, you put, keep your eyes on Jesus, you can have Christmas in July. Now, not literally. You're not going to put up a tree and kind of be that weirdo, but it'll change everything. Now, here's the deal. Paul reminds us of this in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. He says, for at one time you were in darkness, again, representing a non-believer, but now you're in the light in the Lord. Now you're a believer. You went from darkness to light. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good, right, and true. So it has this walking, this daily focus, not annual focus, not only focus in December, but it has this daily focus. And so much of that is just our intentionality, being intentional. I don't know what your Christmas is like, but uh, I know a few of you, because uh, I've talked to you, and I know that many of you had many people over. We had a decent amount over. We had all our kids, and, and of course their spouses, and six grandkids, and you know, it had a level of chaos, um, but it was super fun. And I was kind of the, the old, you know, grandpa that just kind of sat on the stairs above everything and watched it all transpire. 
and watched it all just unpack, literally unpack. Uh, you know, we started with dinner, and then, of course, you know, then the rumble. When are the presents? When are the presents? And then we go over there, and, you know, it's just chaos. It's just throwing stuff, and who bought me this? And this is great, you know. And then, of course, there's always, every fam family has that uncle, that unique uncle. I don't know if you know. I, I've got, we got an Uncle Johnny, and he's, uh, he's always messing. And, of course, right in the middle of the cast, starts to simmer down, Johnny pulls out about a dozen of these and just starts chucking them at people, right? Now, they're made of cotton, right? But still, it, it gets your attention, and he just started chucking them around the room. Before you know it, it's a full snowball fight. Everybody's just doing that, right? And it just started taking off. And I was like, look at this thing. He had about 30 of them. By the way, give those back to me. Those are my grandkids. Uh, yeah, thank you. Just throw them back up, yeah. Perfect. See, if I had 50 of them, it would start. I'm telling you. But, you know, it, it, it occurred to me, I'm like, look at what's going on. Everything that was fun, everything that was celebrative, every, was intentional. Right? We intentionally had a meal. We intentionally invited people over. They intentionally, uh, gifts were bought and wrapped. And even to the very end, the snowball fight was intentional. The, my brother-in-law thought, I'm going to bring a bunch of these and we'll just start checking. It lasted literally for 45 minutes. And it wasn't just because he thought of it or it just happened. No, he was intentional about it. And so much of life is that, right? When you're really intentional about a friendship, you care about that friendship. You think about that friendship. You plan for that friendship. You do stuff with that friend. Um, it could be even work, you know, just, you, you don't just wake up, oh, I had no idea any of this stuff would, we have to be intentional. So it is with the focus on Jesus. You got to be intentional because we could say, oh, keep your focus on Jesus. Yep. Just keep that focus there. Well, how are you going to do that? Oh, I don't know. It'll just be a focus time. Schedule in the snowball fight, figuratively speaking. So let me give you some suggestions how to be intentional with this, keeping your focus on Jesus. Try to think of what kept you focused in December and just keep doing it. How many of you had an Advent book? You got one of those Advent books. Has daily readings. On the back of your workshop sheet are daily devotions. You did the Advent book in December and it really helped you keep your focus on Jesus. Keep it going. Flip over your worksheet, do the daily devotion. Do it for the month of January. Don't go, okay, this year I'm going to, you know. Just do it for one month, see what happens. So you just shift. I did that in December, I'm going to do that now. What's something else that you did? Okay. Since the participation's high, let me make... By the way, if you... Agree with what I say every once in a while, you can blow your horn. It's about the only time you can toot your horn. <laughs> but if you toot too many times, you'll be escorted out. So just, you know, select your agreements. But anyway, yeah, music, great, great, great uh, thought there. We sang songs, and probably most of us did. Whether we, quote, have good voices, we sang the Jingle Bells, or we sang the Joy to the Worlds, or we sang the Hark the Heralds. And then now when we come to worship, I'm going to be late. I'm not really going to sing. Let's just listen to them, and we don't engage. But if you sing, or at least 
engaged, then you start to see those truths that we're singing about. You start to reflect on them in your own life. You can turn actually these songs into prayers, like you did, hopefully, in December. So keep that going. Why did I say that? Um, how many gatherings did you go to? How many, uh, we, I know I told you we had a, you know, a block party at the ha- next door and, and then we had a Christmas party and then we had, you know, some of you had the same kind of gatherings. Well, how are you gathering throughout the year? Maybe you need to get in a grow group. That would be a gathering. That would be a weekly gathering where your focus is gonna be on Jesus. You're gonna look at these truths and you're gonna say, how do we apply them to our life and discuss and sharpen each other and share with each other and encourage each other. We talked about being generous at Christmas. I don't know, there's something about Christmas that makes people more benevolent, maybe because we're more thoughtful and thinking about people that are doing without, thinking about how the holidays can be lonely if and then fill in the blank or whatever, and so we can be more generous with people. Well, here's the deal. That stuff doesn't go away in January. So if you were generous in December, and, that, and by the way, being generous, remember we talked about ROI and all that stuff. Being generous, you're gonna feel it. Uh, because it's not gonna be equal. It's not gonna work out. You're going above and beyond. But when you do it, it's like a step of faith, and if your focus is right, you're saying, man, Lord, I'm giving to you. I don't, I don't really even know these people that well, but I'm giving to you. Focus is Jesus. You carry that into the year, things come up, that step of generosity that was a blessing, that, 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 was, that made Christmas a blessing for you, can happen in January, February, March, April, May. Couple suggestions. Whatever you're doing at Christmas, maybe be intentional to keep it going. Although don't be that house that keeps their tree up all year and lights out in front. Just put those away. This is a joke. Bad one, but we'll keep going. Thank you. I was waiting for that on cue. So the Pharisees said to him, you're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Now they didn't mean you're lying, they just, it basically meant your testimony is not valid. Why is it not valid? Because it's just one testimony. Deuteronomy 17 says they needed two to make something considered or at least perceived as true. Jesus answered, says, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know that I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I came from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh, human wisdom, sinful nature. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I am the Father who sent me. Now he addresses their thing about, oh, your testimony is not true. He says, in your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I'm the one who bears witness about myself, so there's one, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. Okay? So Jesus explains how Deuteronomy 17 was actually fulfilled, but he does it in a spiritual way. Because look at their next question. They said to him, therefore, who's your father? Where is he? Okay? Second witness, where is it? Jesus answered, you know neither nor my father, If you knew me, you would know my father also. Now who's the biological father of Jesus? 
God, right? Not Joseph, no biology there going on, virgin birth, right? So Jesus was referring to his father. They were looking for a physical father in terms of their limitations. So in a spiritual way, he was saying, we've already done what you're talking about, but you're not gonna get it anyway. And then finally, we're told these words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. That's the court of women where the general population gathered. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. Jesus was still in control. And even though they wanted to arrest him, it didn't happen. But we clearly see once again, and this isn't the first time, where these Pharisees wanted to turn the light of Jesus off. They didn't want anybody to listen to him, follow him. They didn't want anybody to have anything to do with him. Through it all, though, Jesus stayed the course, and he kept shining the light. So when we talk about going into 2023, we talk about keeping our focus on Jesus. Here's another important principle about brightening your whole year. Number two on your outline, don't let pushback throw you off. Don't let pushback throw you off. In other words, when you focus on Jesus, you're going to shine the light. And when you shine the light, there is going to be pushback. There is going to be people, perspectives, ideas that will oppose you. Why? Because they're coming from a place of darkness and they want to have nothing to do with light. That's why Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 10, 22, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures till the end will be saved. In other words, don't be thrown off. Hang in there. There's gonna be haters. Don't let them distract you. Don't let them throw you off. How many of you watched college football yesterday? I mean, games, are you kidding me? Next level. If you didn't, Sorry, but I watched, I learned some things, uh, not, I learned, yeah, I, I would say learned, because uh, I'm not, like, I didn't ever play football, so I, I didn't know kind of the nuances, but both games, high pressure, high stakes, first through fourth ranked, playing each other, could have gone either way, you think it's going to be a blowout, then they come back, it's just crazy. One game ended with one point difference and another one ended with six points, but it, it got really close even there at the end. But there were intense situations like where, where you know, you're, uh, you're in the fourth quarter and you got 10 minutes and you're trying to come back and, and, and so you're maybe on your uh, 45-yard line and it's third and seven. And you go third and, and, and you get three yards, four yards. So now it's fourth and three. What are you going to do? Or if you're going to kick, you're going to punt, it's gonna, can, you, can you make it up? Or do you go for it? And there'd be times where they'd all come out and the quarterback's out now. The punter's not out and everybody's there, right? And they're like, oh, they're going to go for it. Oh, they're going to go for it. And so they, they do this big long count. Huh, yeah, huh, huh. And they look back and, yeah, huh, huh, huh. They look back, and time's ticking off. They only have so much time to do the play. And at the end, they go, time out. What were they trying to do? They were trying to draw the defense in to have a false start or offsides to get a five-yard penalty, and they wouldn't have to kick. But 99% of the time, it didn't work. There's a, they have no intention of going for it. 
And then when it didn't work, they brought out the kicker and kicked the ball. Good, good spiritual principle, by the way. The enemy's always gonna try to bait you in to get thrown off. He's gonna sit there and huh, 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 to get you to bite in. And you could be thrown off in a number of ways when we talk about being thrown off. Doesn't mean the focus is thrown off. It means how, what can throw you off? Somebody disagreeing with you? You wanna get in a battle? You wanna get in a fight? You got thrown off. Not shining the light anymore. Getting some argument, getting some conflict. We talked about that. Jesus kept the focus, didn't get emotionally charged, operated in truth, moving on. So just a word of encouragement there that this is all part of the Christian walk, pushback. And if, and, and, and if you're tempted in pushback to now avoid topics about the Lord because you want to blend in, you want to be accepted, that you'll be compromising. And what will happen is over time, your focus will be off Jesus. And this whole idea of being connected and celebrating the Lord throughout the year will start to fade because you put Jesus away, you packed him away because you want to fit in. Because that, that can be a way of thrown off. Or you go the other way and you put your chest out and you're battling somebody. That can throw off. There are a number of ways. You've got to decide what it is to be thrown off for you and how pushback affects you. The encouragement is keep the course. Because Jesus said in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. Don't get thrown off. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. God just doesn't want us focused on the light. He wants us to reflect the light. <laughs> I told you I have um, lights in my backyard. And um, so, so my backyard, my, our bedroom upstairs looks right down into the backyard. So the timer for the lights is probably set to go dark at midnight. I don't know. But I can tell you, I do know in terms of my bedtime, because every time I go to bed, the whole room is lit from the lights in the backyard. And it bugs me. But then I look outside, I don't want to hassle it, I don't want to, what is, so what is it? Why, why can I go from downstairs, like that's pretty, that's festive, that's cool, and upstairs, this bugs me. Because I want darkness upstairs. So it's always going to, the, the light of Jesus in your life is always going to bug people who want to stay in darkness. It's kind of the flip side of the light, right? It's a blessing until it isn't for some people. So this is where we don't get thrown off. This is where we're patient with people. This is where we pray for people. This is where we understand people who are upstairs and want to go to sleep and don't want the light. But you know what? God may wake them up one day and they come downstairs and that light makes sense. That light is a blessing. That light is attractive. We just don't want to get thrown off to where they got to look for other lights because we're not reflecting properly. So don't let the haters 
bring you down. Remember, you'll either be a blessing or a nuisance. And it allows us to be patient. What did you do for New Year's last night? Did you blow a horn? Did you watch a TV show from New York, Vegas, or Nashville? I think those are the three I found. Everybody's got hopes for 2023. At a minimum, hope it's better than 2022, for whatever reason you think 2022 wasn't good, whether it's a financial thing or a relational thing or emotional thing or work thing, whatever was a challenge for you last year. At a minimum, we hope that 23 is better. Hope that doesn't happen again, right? But none of us know. Only God knows. And there's only certain things we can hold on to. Psalm 119 says, your word is a lamp to my feet. Oh Lord, we're studying God's word. We can know some of this. There's a light that's going on. There's a direction there. We can see principles for how Jesus interacted when the Feast of Tabernacles was over. We can get some insight of how to respond when the Feast of Christmas for us is over. We can celebrate in July without a tree in the front yard, Christmas tree. We, we can celebrate in May without baked goods and certain types of music. Why? Because we haven't put the light of the world away. It's up to us though to not do that. So Lord, I do pray that as we enter into 2023, again, you know the beginning and end, we don't, we're just, day at a time, step at a time. Try not to take anything for granted and being grateful in the process for what we have today. But Lord, I, I just thank you for everyone that's here right now, just their heart to even be in church on New Year's Day, that they wanna be focused on you and I pray your protection upon them that are right here right now or online in our online community, that you would just guide, protect, and keep your followers, Lord. We know the enemy is all about dark, deception, hurt, destruction, all those things. That's not what you are. And so, Lord, as your children, as your followers, as your servants, help us to stay focused on you. And, and when people around us aren't, that we don't get thrown off, that we find that stability, find that place, and keep coming back to you. And, Lord, I pray for us as a church, too and the leadership at the church continue to be a light on a hill here in San Clemente and online and around the world because we're focused on you. So thank you for a new day of life. Thank you as we look ahead to 2023 that we don't look alone, that we're walking right beside you. Your steps are our steps. Your hugs are our hugs. Your care is our care for those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Happy New Year. See you next, see you next week. <laughs>